What's up, everyone? This is your boy, Jeremy John. And I'm Matthew White. And we are the Sports Reality Podcast. Just wanted to say thanks for tuning into this episode. And to let you know that you can listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Just go on any of those podcast platforms and search for the Sports Reality Podcast. Hit the subscribe button so you can be up to date on all of our content. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 108th edition of the Sports Reality. My name is Jeremy John, a.k.a. the fourth greatest Grenadian of all time. Perfect. A.k.a. the Little Wayne of podcasts, because I jump on any podcast and hit it with the J train. Perfect. Let's welcome my co-host, Matthew White. In some circles, he goes by Matthew Barry White. Perfect. And in some circles, he goes by Betty White. Okay, Take a How's everything going with you, Matthew? It's okay. It's pretty good. That's what's up. We have a guest in the building. Let's welcome my man for the second time on the Sports Reality Podcast, Yannick Skerritt. Yannick, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yes, you did. Thank Ah, you very much for that. That is is not an easy task. (laughs) So I commend you, sir. (laughs) I just want to know who's the... um, three grenadians ahead of you okay it's so many more than that here's the three here's the three and i'll go from three to one um three is uh hold on let me get the exact name um hold on his last name is baptiste uh but let me let me uh baptiste uh he he actually helped the helshans he, he he's a Grenadian that helped the Haitians uh in there to get gain independence. I think it's Henry Baptiste. I think. Okay. I think yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's I've who it is. Name. I thought he was Haitian. Oh man, I didn't even know. Yeah, he was yeah he's okay. Grenadian. You thought he was Haitian. All right, cool. So he's number three. <laughs> you got to be number three because of that. You got to be above me. You know, I ain't, I ain't free no slaves yet. So you know, I you know, I, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, who knows? Who knows where we're going? And number two is the mighty sparrow. One of the great, the greatest soca artists of all time. Perfect. So uh, he's number two, and uh, number one is uh, Lewis Hamilton. Perfect. You know, you got to be number one when you're winning all these indie car oh races in a sport that's not even dominated by black people, and you end up being the best <sighs> indie car racer or uh, yeah, indie car racer. Not indie. Which one is it? Formula One, sorry. Formula One racer. You don't even know. Yeah, Louis Hamilton, that one I'm shaking. Formula One, If you ask 100 folks in this area who you know, Louis Hamilton or Jeremy John, I think you'll get more Jeremy John. Perfect. That is true. That is true. In, in In the DMV, there's probably more people who know about me. Then Lewis Hamilton, the Formula One racer, who has also had relations with uh, Matthew's crush Rihanna. Perfect. So, uh, oh well, then actually, yeah, he 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 leaps frogs. <laughs> that's why. That's why I say, like, he is number one. That's all. He, that's what you had to say. You, you should have said that before you said the Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
so that's why I'm number four. Um, I did have uh, I did have someone ahead of me. Um, it's still, but I moved up. Like this, I'm moving up the oh rankings. Um, on a given day, Amanda Seals could be tied for fourth. And no, no, days, nah, nah, like, nah, eh, nah. You're ahead. Know. You're ahead. You're I don't ahead. know. <laughs> I know. But someone's definitely gonna call me a misogynistic for not having her uh, that high. Probably me too. So yes, yeah, Yannick, man, how's everything going with you? Everything's good. Just trying to uh, handle quarantine life the best I can, but family's good, and just trying to stay positive throughout all of it. Now, um, what do you? And the reason why I'm asking this is uh, because obviously with COVID, work is different. But so, what do you remind each remind everyone what you do as a profession? Uh, who you do it for and uh, what is involved in your daily activities. So I work for Monumental Sports and Entertainment, uh, the company that owns the Washington Capitals, Washington Wizards, Washington Mystics, and uh, Capital One Arena. I am a producer, mainly with the Wizards, making, uh, doing storytelling with Recently, we did a look back at the 97 playoffs between the Bulls and the Bullets. Perfect. And also, Crom Butler documentary. And then also the short 30-second in-game videos that you see. I do do it all. Long-form content, short-form content, most of that you see on Twitter and on Instagram. That's what's up, man. That's what's oh, up. Um, I guess we'll talk about it during the um, NBA segment that's coming up soon. But uh, just... I guess I'll just ask you off the top. Ah, oh, we can wait. I'll ask that question <laughs> later. We can we can wait on that. Uh, that that's what we call a tease in the industry. Uh, we have a lot to get into for uh, this week's episode. We're going to wrap up the last dance. Talk about the themes that were in parts eight, uh, nine. I'm sorry, nine and ten. Uh, we'll also talk about Michael Jordan just on a whole. We will also get into the NFL, all the numerous players that have gotten arrested over the weekend, and um, some news just broke, um, so we'll get into that. It's about um, a specific quarterback in the NFL. We'll also get into our chump and champ of the week, our sports-free zone, where we will talk about Brianna um, and I'm having a blank right now. Is it Brianna Taylor? Is that the young lady's yeah, name? Yeah, Brianna Taylor. Brianna yeah. Taylor. Yes. Unfortunately, we have to talk about one of these situations again. Um, but we will talk about Brianna Taylor. We'll have our flip of the week brought to you by Matthew. Uh, we'll also have our about time you watch that movie review where we'll do a movie review and rating of the movie Jurassic Park. And then we will also have our Reddit topic of the week, which, um, this time didn't really, excuse me, necessarily come from Reddit, but uh, I did see it on social media. Um, going to throw out a scenario in the NBA: have four team, a four team season, uh, four team league, and uh, throw out the scenario, and we'll pick uh, who we think will have the best record after that. Um, just want to remind you all to subscribe to the podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, we are on Anchor, we are on Apple, we are on Stitcher, we are on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, uh, and a lot others. If you're not sure where we are or you want to find a podcast platform of your choice that you use regularly, all you got to do is go on Google and type in the Sports Reality Podcast 
and we are the first like page of results. Perfect. So that's we got the we got the we got the market cornered out for now. And we're gonna make some uh improvements to the sports reality podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, uh leave a review, listen, share, everything else so we can grow and reach more people. Let's now get into the NBA, and uh, before we talk about the finale of The Last Dance, let's get to actually current NBA news uh, surrounding COVID-19. The NBA has put out a statement, or not really, Did I don't even know if the NBA put the statement out, but uh, you know, the NBA insiders, Woj, Sharanya, and um, what's the one that follow lebron james for his entire life what, what's that uh windy wi- uh yes brian windhurst brian. don't get me wrong brian windhurst is good as what uh, he's good at what he does i'm not that wasn't a uh sounded like a jab that wasn't a jab <laughs> it was just more that's what it sounded like it's just more like that's how he got his opportunity and by the way windhorse is not one of those people who tries to say that he didn't get his opportunity because of LeBron that that's let me be clear the people who annoy me are the people who try to act like they don't know how they got their opportunity in the game um but yeah uh so those main NBA insiders Chris Haynes also they spoke about how the NBA is uh proposing that by June 1st they will have guidelines for how to get players to return back to their home markets to then participate in some sort of tra- team training. Um, this was the question I was going to ask you, Yannick, and because of who you work for, you obviously know a little more, but please just tell us what you are allowed to tell us. Uh, what is the sentiment within I guess surrounding specifically the Washington Wizards, like how is this looking so far based on how much you can let us know? Um, I don't know, especially for the basketball ops side, I don't know that much or not enough to that's really that interesting. Um, I think right now they've been doing like, I don't know if you've, been on Wizards social media. They've been doing Zoom workouts with all the players. Okay. So they've been getting the guys at least in some sort of, you know, it's not the off season. We're going to stay in shape for whatever the the league does. I think it's more so being ready, whether they say, hey, we're going to resume the season or, you know what, we're just going to do the playoffs or something, some other wacky scenario. They just want to keep them ready. Uh, but I do, th- I do know that there have been a lot of scenarios bandied about and talking about procedures of like how many people are going to be allowed in, in the practice facility. At the, at the same time, do we have the whole team there? Is it going to be divided into groups of four at a time? Um, is the training room going to be open? Is the locker room going to be open? How are we going to do all this stuff? So I think that's what the team is working through right now and i think that's what the nba is going to be talking about you know our locker room is going to be open how long can you stay in the locker room at a time what can you even bring into the practice facility just to reduce um risk of exposure for everybody yeah that's that's the one thing with this entire situation um all this is new um you just simply can't say oh all of our guys are healthy let's bring them back now you got to think about all the different scenarios that you just mentioned the casual nba fan is not thinking about 
the procedures in the training room or if the media is going to be allowed in the locker room for, you know, media sessions or things like that. So I know there's a lot of people who are just like, man, let's get these guys back in there so we can have some sort of entertainment. No, we got to like actually have some sort of policy guidelines, uh, procedures to determine what's going to happen from here on out and also um we got to wait on and this is specifically with the washington wizards you got to wait on the city of dc like to yep. figure yeah, out i think that's can, a big one right there can you even can you even have a gathering of more than 10 people within your building like you know because I, it's not a public building at the end of the day <laughs> yeah i would say if if dc had lifted their because i think there's it's until june 8th i would say if DC had let theirs expired. I guarantee the Wizards would have been having practices by now in, in ESA. So it really is just making sure everything is in compliance with the city and then also with what the league is um, mandating. And and like you said, Jeremy, we don't even know what the process is going to be if somebody does get test positive. What are we going to do? Is everything going to sh- get shut down? Does that person just go into his own bubble? So there's a lot of things that they have to work out. Can you imagine a scenario where a star player of any team? So let's, you know, actually, I'm not going to say the Wizards because they're my favorite team. So I ain't going to put that bad energy out there on the Wizards. Um, Let's let's say a team like um, what's a team that's in the playoff, right? Let's say the um, Miami Heat because I hate the Heat fans on Twitter. Perfect. They're annoying. <laughs> they are heat, heat. Heat Twitter is so annoying. But anyways, uh, let's say Jimmy Butler test positive for COVID nineteen. That would be if I'm a Heat fan. I'm like, I'm heated because you already know season's over at this point. Like, because Jimmy Butler, get, but you can't just and and you can't shut down the whole league. Or well. I mean, they did it already, actually. So uh, I guess you. But if, when you get to the playoffs, you're not going to want to shut down the whole thing again. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's just going to be wow. That's just that's unfathomable. I can't even really think and formulate a proper like sentence just thinking about this situation. But yeah, the, the NBA has a lot to try and work out before we can even have players within a training facility. So. We're still a long ways away. Um, gut feeling on it based on what you know and what you see. And when I say what you know, what you've shared with us. And, and, uh, you think the NBA season is going to resume? I, I actually, weirdly, I actually do think it's going to resume. And they will play, every team will play its 82 games. And I think that they will play the playoffs the same way. Seven seven game series from first round to the end. I think they will have our eight weeks of playoffs. I don't think anything is going to be shortened or truncated. Hey man, positivity from Yannick. Positivity. Um, Matthew and I have already discussed this before. We've discussed it on the air. Um, but I'm gonna ask you this: with COVID nineteen. With the season being suspended and then possibly resuming, if it then ends in let's say, let's say, let's say we really start to play July first, like games start July first, we're looking at possibly 
the season ending beginning of September. So then now we are talking about the 2021 season. Do you think COVID-19 has forced the NBA to eventually go to a Christmas Day opening day? Ooh, that's a good question. And I mean, when I say force, like for the future. <laughs> like, um, Yeah, I would, I would say so just because Adam Silver and it just seems like there's a lot of people that have a lot of influence that want this to happen. For it to start out on Christmas and and to go from there, so it's an easy excuse to say, "Hey, you know what? We don't want to mess up our calendar ever again. So let's just keep it like this from now on." So I, I guess it's a happy accident. I, well, maybe "happy" is not the right word. But, <laughs> it's a but, it's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because Matthew and I we spoke about it. Um, we said, "Okay." You start Christmas Day, but instead of doing what we did like in the lockout season where we started Christmas Day and then we – well, actually, the lockout season, there wasn't even 82 games. How many games was that that year? I think it was like 50 games. Yeah. Yeah. You talking then, about 99 or the 2011? The 2011. Ooh, I don't remember. I feel like it was short. Yeah, it was or definitely did, short. something. I, um, yes, yes. Look that up, Matthew. But um, yeah, it, the, the season started Christmas Day, and then not only that, it was it was almost like a fast paced season, and then they ended on time for the normal start of the playoffs. Which because that because of that, they had a lot of back to back to back games, a lot of five games and seven nights. A lot of the players didn't like that. Sixty six games. Sixty six games. Okay, so that's about. 16, hold on, where's my math here? 72 is 10, and then, uh, so 16 games less, okay. Um, So then, we had that that season where the playoffs started at its regular time in April, Um, but now, like I said, a lot of players didn't like that, and then with the new, you know, changes to the schedule, the, the games are more spread out. If you incorporate these new changes to the schedule or these new scheduling procedures, we're talking about, okay, you're starting in on Christmas, so late December, and then you're going to probably now end in August. I have no problem with that at all. What what do you think about that, Yannick? I mean, for me, I have no problem with that either. Um, (laughs) I I do think that the league... And I don't see them ever doing anything like that. I, I do think that there's something that we can do with maybe less games. Do we need 82 games? I know there's that tournament that Adam Silver was throwing out there just to make the regular season have a little bit more differentiated from other uh, leagues. Uh, so I think there's a lot of things that we could do to look at how we do things to make it you know, advance into the future for me as someone who I guess currently works in the NBA, I don't mind having, you know, my June and July, my July and August be a little bit lighter. Now that's true. Rather than being August and, and September, but you know, we have summer league in July right now. I mean, and I think to get away from the end, uh, from the NFL, 
dominating October, November, I think is definitely a good look for the NBA. You know, I didn't think about that from your perspective because obviously with the NBA season ending most of the time for the Wizards in April or early May, but let's, you know. I had to catch myself. I was like, hey, I want to be busy in June. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> want to be busy. Um, but uh, let's say like a lot of NBA workers, um, season ends in early August, possibly. You know, what does that do for your summers? That I never thought about that as people who work within the uh, NBA in different capacities. Um, I have think- Olympics, too. See, this is going to be something we have to t- uh, think about. That is also true. That is true. And we could throw out scenarios. I think some leagues, when they have these situations, they start the season earlier. Um, I know for sure now it's different because hockey is a winter sport. I know the NHL goes on on break during that time. Uh, but it's during the regular season. You don't want to go on break during the postseason. Um, but... I think you can still work something out, I guess. Uh, I feel like the NBA draft can still occur during the post. Do you think that's a lot of work from what you know of what goes on within an organization? Do you think that's too much to handle that you, your team could potentially be in the playoffs and still do the NBA draft in June? I mean, I think a lot of teams, especially now you're in the film, you kind of know who you would pick. I know there's the draft workouts that people have, but uh, guys have been doing their homework the entire season. And I think those like draft workouts and stuff, those are just stuff that really make go dot their eyes across their T's. So it would be tough, but I think they could they could make it happen. Okay, because I, mean, I, I think the draft is what two weeks after the finals right now. Usually it's so, just a week, and, it, and or and just it, a week. <laughs> yeah, and well, okay. So if it ends in four games, it's almost two weeks. But if it goes six or seven, it's like a week. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was one thing I was thinking. I was I was also thinking. Um, here's another thing that the casual fan never thinks about: scheduling in the in the actual arenas. A lot of these arenas share yeah, that's space a big, with that's a other big one. teams and other. Uh, I mean, for example, Capital One Arena is actually known to be a very good concert venue. Um, yeah. If you have the Capitals playing in their normal situation of, oh, we're going to start in October. And if we make it to the finals, Stanley Cup finals, we're ending, you know, early June. Usually during that time from June to September, there are a lot of concerts. But if you have the NBA going to potentially August, you know, when are you spitting in those con- those concerts? So, yeah, that, that that's something to think about also. We didn't think we were going to spend this much time talking about the logistics of the NBA, but that is one of the fascinating things about this podcast. Let's actually get into the last dance parts nine and 10. Matthew, I'm going to ask you first because I already know Yannick watched it. I'm going to ask you, Matthew. <laughs> Did you watch the finale, Matthew? I saw it. Perfect. I'm happy, Matthew. It was good. I'm happy, it was all right. What happened? I'm happy for you. No, look, it was cool. It was good. <laughs> Yannick. Uh, I'll start with Math- Matthew, actually, and then I'll come, come to you, Yannick. Matthew, you've seen all 10 episodes now. <laughs> Every single one. Overall 
reception of the podcast. Good, bad, above average, great. Where would you put it? Um, this production. Uh, <clears throat> it's a solid A. Okay. Solid A. It was good. Yeah, no, nah, it was good. I liked it. Matthew, I mean, sorry, Yannick, what, what grade, and I I know I asked Matthew good, bad, above average grade, but the, the grading system sounds better. What grade would you give this 10-part uh, documentary? Yeah, no doubt it's it's an A. I know a lot of people are kind of you know nitpicking it right now, but I think overall this is probably one of the most entertaining docs I've ever seen. So yeah, definitely give it an A. I would have to also give it an A. Um, I will talk about, I guess, some of the criticisms later in this segment. But just to put it out there right now, I'm still giving it an A. Um, Great soundtrack. uh, Great footage that they got. Some inside stories that I didn't know. It seems like there were many inside stories that the casual NBA fan didn't know. We'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I think it's still an A. And I'll talk about the criticisms after. But let's start off with the themes for the last two episodes. And we're going to go in chronological order, not necessarily the order they were shown in the series. Let's uh, start off with the 97 NBA Finals. That was the first Finals uh, between the Bulls and the Jazz, the the Bulls had home court advantage in that finals. Uh, game one was won by a Michael Jordan buzzer beater against Brian Russell, and there is some backstory about that. When uh Russell was a rookie and Jordan was playing for the minor league Sox, he uh came back in town and actually. It, it it might have been during the, the strike period, but he was in Chicago, and the Utah Jazz were in Chicago also. Jordan went to go see Malone and, and Stockton, and before I even continue, I know a lot of people were would say, oh, so Michael Jordan was friendly with his competition? Yes, Michael Jordan was friends with a lot of his competition. The difference between him and some of the younger or current NBA players is you can kind of see some of the current NBA players, like their relationship kind of affects their play. Like it's evident. Yannick, what do you think about that? Is that comment far-fetched? No, I don't think so. I mean, shoot, in uh, what, episode three or four, or, or was it two, when he's playing golf with Danny Ainge in the yeah, middle of the playoffs? Two, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I think there's, it's been very interesting to see that everything that we complain about this generation, and then I'm like, these guys were doing that, if not worse back in the day. So, yeah, definitely not far So, So, this is the thing. I think they were doing it. I just know that most of those older guys, they were able to like actually flip the switch. Yeah, com- com- oh, yeah compartmentalize. Yeah, we're on the court. We're com- we're com- we're competitors. We're gonna go at each other. When the game is over, okay. Win, lose, a draw. We're gonna you know dap each other up, especially you know at the end of a series. 
Um, or unlike, you know, or we might walk off like the Pistons did. But, um, yeah, that happened with Jordan playing golf with Ainge and Bird in the pl- in the playoffs. Um, but And then we have this in 1997, Jordan actually going to go, or 90, that would have been 95 or 94, when, uh, 95, I think, where he actually goes and sees the Utah Jazz players and speaks to Malone and, in Stockton and that's when Russell says you know how come you retired you know I could take you I could guard you and you know they look at him and it's so funny so many vets in the NBA have always said hey man he's just a rookie just 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 let him slide we saw that with J.R. Ryder telling uh <laughs> telling Jordan that when uh Kevin Garnett was uh was was yeah. cussing Jordan out. <laughs> He's like, hey, 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 hey. You know, he don't know the rules. So, so don't. <laughs> Isn't that crazy that there were rules that guys would just was like, hey, let's not, let's not try and get Michael uh, excited right now. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just, I just saw that was, uh, that was interesting. And then obviously Jordan used that from literally 1995 and used that as motivation all the time against <laughs> Brian Russell and uh, he hits that game winner. Do you remember that shot, Yannick? I did not remember the game the game one game winner. I definitely I did not remember that. So Yannick, so it was this really is good why this is why I think you might not have remembered that. That game was on a school night. Yep, yep. <laughs> and look, because, okay, we still had, like, we were on our last week of school or the last week before, no, the week before the last week. So we still actually had, we're doing schoolwork. And uh, my parents were like, yo, you, you got to go to sleep. So I watched, I think, the first half and then my parents said yeah you can't you can't stay up for the second half <laughs> so it wasn't until the next morning when i turned on the news before i go to school and i saw the game with the game winning bucket i was like this dude jordan hit a buzzer beater in the finals <laughs> like not just a game winner a buzzer beater in the finals <laughs> oh man so yeah that that happened uh bulls end up winning that series that was also the series where was that the series where they smacked the the Jazz by like fifty points at one point. Yeah, I think that was game game two. That might have been game two. Yeah, yeah, game two. So game two, they smacked them, and that was when this is one criticism they didn't mention that in the in the documentary. They didn't mention the part where Pippen says uh, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you missed that. It's got to be in there. Hold on. What now? Now I'm thinking. Was that comment for that game, or was it the comment when? Uh, yeah, no, it had to be that game. That was the only Sunday game in the series that was in Chicago that that year. So that had to be it. Um, but anyways, I know I'm. I have a memory sometimes that's really good, and a memory that's trash at times. But anyways, um, so we have the '97 finals. During that finals, you have Dennis Rodman. Who goes to participate in a wrestling match? (laughs) Oh my goodness! Like you just disappear for a little bit. (laughs) It's not surprising at all. It's not surprising at all, Matthew. I mean, it was bound to happen. 
now that I think about it, I might be confusing the series. Was it the 97 series or the 98 series that he did that? Uh, I want to say it was the 97 series. He okay. was wrestling a whole bunch of different times. <laughs> yeah, probably did both series. Regardless, for the record, we might be wrong on which series. It's either 97 or 98. But Dennis Rodman happened, <laughs> left, went AWOL to go wrestle at an NWO <laughs> event and then came back. And uh, yeah, 98 series. It was the 98 season series. Okay. Yeah. And then came back and actually played phenomenal through that series. <laughs> Not just on the defensive end, actually had a good offensive series also. Uh, 97 Bulls win 4 2. You have the famous uh, shot that Kerr makes to eventually win the game for the Bulls. That's when Kerr gets his, I guess you could say, his swan song, his, uh, his, um, his, his that's when he comes out to the app to the common NBA fan or the casual NBA fan you know he 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 hits a big bucket and we see another scenario where a star player doesn't do it for for a team we've seen countless examples of that and we see it with Michael Jordan in the first three peat in the on the third championship we had John Paxson who hit the three to beat the Suns and in game six of the fifth championship you have Steve Kerr similar players similar archetype uh do the same thing for the Bulls Jordan knew that the double team was going to occur because they did the double team in game five and he said he knew it was coming so he uh was it game five or game four it was game four because they lost that game it was a game that the Bulls lost, and uh, and he knew the double team was coming. So he he had, you know we've seen that that clip where he whispers and he's like, "Yo, the ball's coming to you if I get doubled." So and Kerr's just like, "All right, I'm ready." Kerr hits that. He screamed at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last week we spoke about how Kerr and Michael fought. This week we talking about how Kerr and, and Michael are working together. They end up, you know. They end up winning that championship. But before that game-winning bucket, let's talk about the flu game. Quote-unquote. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Matthew. Let's talk about the they flu game. They got to change all the Jordan shoes from the last 20 years now, dog. <laughs> what? They should, he should have never let that out. First of all, let's talk. Okay. The so we've known the f- sickness 12s or 13s or whatever number it was. Uh, what? <laughs> terrible. We've known about this game since this game happened. Having it in game five in the 97 finals, June 11th, 1997. I have a story to tell about this game a little bit later, but I'm going to ask you, Yannick, since you're our guest, what are your memories about that game? So I remember thinking one. How is this guy even... So I did think it was flu. I think my brother was the first one that was like, nah, he's just hungover. Because my brother's like 10 years older and he made those types of jokes. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with hungover. Because my brother's the smartest person, so he knows everything. Even though they kept saying the flu. But I just remember him just gutting it out. But I guess I just didn't really feel sorry for him. Because I'm like, he's hungover at the time. I was like, you did this to yourself. <laughs> but for him to... Hit that shot that you see him walking off with Scotty. I think it was definitely was like, yo, this guy is a bad man. <laughs> to even though 
kind of set himself up to still kind of overcome his own um, bad mistakes. And actually, in the doc, it is a bad mistake because I don't know who's eating a Pizza Hut pizza or wherever he got it from. All by himself. I mean, that just yeah. naturally is going to give me a. a he should have shared it at the bare minimum. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it should have been everyone. Like in that someone's got to go. Someone's got to come in with with this. So absolutely. But yeah, definitely one of the. I mean, of any player ever, just that type of guttiness to do that. I mean, Jordan's on another level. Uh, Matthew, what is your memories about the flu game? Uh. I don't dude. I remember it was lit. I remember the last shot. The short shots for sure, for sure. But uh yeah, it was what's the thing? It was a good game. He went what's the thing? If the push off is legendary. <laughs> it wasn't a real push off. It wasn't a real push off. <laughs> well you're mixing different games, man. Or was there another push off oh. in that game? What? Oh no no no! My bad. Look, the flu game. It was good. That was just he was sick, dog. That's the only thing I thought about it. I thought he had the flu until last night. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael Jordan had thirty eight points, seven rebounds, five assists, three steals, one block, and of course the three pointer that he hits with less than a minute to win the game for the Chicago Bulls to put them up 3-2 and then they eventually win game six in Chicago we mentioned with the Steve Kerr jumper um so for those that are wondering why are we saying that it may not be the it's not the flu game anymore it shouldn't be called that uh during the documentary terrible story comes out where Michael says oh it wasn't the flu it was food poisoning and he describes what happens. He says, hey, we're in Park City, Utah, which is really, I think at this point, Yannick, you may, I don't know if you know, do you know much about the travel schedule? Okay, don't so answer I, the question. Just, <laughs> I, I will say it's not surprising that the delivery guys knew he was delivering it to the Bulls because so that's what I was usually, about to say. You could figure it out easily where the players are staying. I'm sure in Salt Lake City, you could be like, oh, it's only like three hotels here. So you could <laughs> pretty much figure out so, um, where they're staying. Yes. I'm, I, so I don't know if you know what the Wizards cur- where the Wizards currently stay, uh, but I do know especially back in the 90s and early 2000s, Park City, Utah was literally the only place that NBA teams used to stay because per the CBA, they had to stay in like four-star hotels minimum. Right. So that's where the four-star hotels were. Um, I don't know what it is now. Obviously, Salt Lake may have more four-star hotels now. So maybe teams actually stay in Salt Lake. Park City, I think, is 45 minutes to an hour outside of Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. So um, it was known, obviously, in the 90s. NBA teams come. We're staying at Park City, Utah. And Jordan's out there. He said it's about 10, 1030. He's hungry. Everything shuts down because at the end of the day, it's Utah. Halfway. And... Um, you know, <laughs> there ain't nothing to do in Utah in the 90s. There ain't nothing to do in Utah right now, you know, going on. Them. About to disrespect them. So, you know, Jordan wants a pizza. There's only pizza place open. He orders the pizza. Um, obviously, the people at the pizza place probably already know if it's going to this hotel at this time, it has to be the Bulls. 
So they show up. Jordan claims and and his and, a, and his trainer, they claim that five dudes show up with the pizza, and they deliver. Shut up. And his trainer Tim Grover is like, "Yo, I wouldn't eat that." Jordan's like, "Man, whatever. I'm I'm eating this pizza. I'm hungry." He eats the whole pizza, which, you know, who hasn't eaten the whole pizza in their life? That's the right? most Michael Jordan move ever, dog. Like, Matthew, what? have you eaten a whole pizza? Even if it's a meat, have I you mean, eaten a whole pizza? I mean, at 2 o'clock in the morning? No. What? You've never eaten a With whole pizza? With five meat? dudes delivering it, it's clearly a setup. No, I'm just saying in general. You haven't eaten oh, a whole I mean, pizza? Everybody's eating a whole pizza. <laughs> what about what? you, Yannick? Whole pizza. Maybe one of those, like, personal pan joints but like um <laughs> i don't even think i've done like a little caesar or nothing like that i, I don't so i, mean, I guess he, i love myself probably up for a while i could eat a whole medium pizza from domino's i could because i'll eat like four and i'm kind of like you know i'm trying to get that fifth and sixth slice so i think i could push for seven oh, so and you're eight just, you're just trying to get it all in you now if it's <laughs> Now, if it's a large, it's totally different. But uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> but anyway, so Jordan decides to eat the pizza. A few hours later, he calls his trainer and he's like, "Look, man, I am dying over here, vomiting, the chills." He calls his mom. His mom comes over and he's like, "Yo, I'm sick. Yo, it's that pizza. Da da da. I must have got food poisoning." The next day, and this is where I guess. We as fans, or I'll say we as fans, because I'm still in this group. The the telecast, the NBC telecast said Jordan had flu-like symptoms. They never yep. said Jordan had the flu. Could have had anything. <laughs> so that's why, you know, and then obviously, you know, he plays well. So everyone says, oh, the flu game. All the newspapers, Jordan plays good in the flu. All the articles, Jordan plays new, good in the, with the flu. So now it becomes the flu game. But now we find out it's the food poisoning game. At the end of the Terrible. day, the flu game just sounds better. You still got to call it that. You know, he had flu-like symptoms. That's that's my opinion. Now, Yannick, you bring up a great point. Some people still think he was hungover. There's some... <laughs> some, some <laughs> he could have been both. <laughs> that's what I said. He was washing it down what? with some natty ice. Yeah, man. <laughs> he could have been both. It definitely, It was definitely natty ice. Oh, Apparently, my God. Apparently, can't tell me Michael Jordan wasn't drinking natty ice. Jo- uh, there's some rumors or stories, conspiracies, I guess, that Jordan is a wine out of the uh, box drinker. <laughs> yep, he seems like that type of guy. I like it. So, I like it. you know, he probably got I a like bad of wine with the pizza. He said, a... <laughs> and, I like it. And he was still hungover. <laughs> also, Joran, let's be real, in the beginning, he struggled that game. Do you remember that game? He struggled. Like, he struggled in the very beginning, but he started to get rhythm. And you could tell during the timeouts, he's like he's done, but he's he he's not trying to waste energy talking. Tries going to game, he's playing. <laughs> I do believe this though. After he hits that three, when he falls in to Scottie Pippen's arms, I do believe that's dramatic. 
I believe that part. He's just like, okay. yeah, I'm about to You're sell this. Ridiculous. I'm about to you sell th- this. You part. think he pulled a Paul Pierce? <laughs> he pulled a Paul Pierce. Yeah. He is the original Paul Pierce. <laughs> he is the that's original. Crazy. I think that specific moment, because I think at that point in the game, I know he's probably tired. Don't get me wrong. But he hits the bucket and it's just like, carry me off. Food the- <laughs> poison, hungover, Michael Jordan. Though. Like, this is ridiculous. So I think two things can be true at the same time. He was really sick. And the falling into Scottie Pippen's arms was exaggeration. Like See, these look, things can be true at the same time. This is gonna be one of those things that can make Jordan come out of retirement and join the church league. <laughs> 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 what? You can never hear this. <laughs> so that happened. Now I'm gonna give you my story about the flu game. Uh, like I said, June 11th, 1997. This day I will always remember because. Um, my younger brother was born June 4th, 1997, and uh, but he had a some rare infection, and he had to be in the hospital for, and I'm, I'm talking real flippantly because he's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with him right now, um, but he had a rare- it's not inf- the favorite brother. I don't have a favorite brother, um, uh, but uh, he, he's wearing, he, he, he has an infection, so he had to actually stay in the hospital a lot longer, so my mom came home. And we had to literally go to the hospital every day, you know, so she would go to feed him and just check on him also. And but he had to stay. He actually stayed in the. I guess it's the PICU because it's for the premature babies, but he actually had to stay over there in the unit. It's literally all premature babies and then him at. 10 pounds so sitting there or nine pounds sitting there uh he was the the only baby that was at that went full term in there but we would go there now that night we went to the hospital uh about like uh, we went actually tw- a couple times we would, sometimes we'll go a couple times during the day so we'll go during the day and then we'll go at night so we we, we went at night and the game started game started at nine o'clock as normal we're sitting there, and they had TVs in the waiting area of the PICU. Um, uh, yeah, of the PICU, and we're there. And it's not just us. There are, like, other people there. Uh, there's a lot of other fathers who are there. And the game is going on. And visiting hours ended, I think, at, like, 11, 10.30 or 11. Um, it might have been 11. Makes more sense if it's 11 based on how long the game would have been. Now, we're sitting there and they're like, hey, you all got to leave. And one of the nurses, it, it was a guy who was there. And a lot of the men in the room were like, look, man, we trying to finish this game. Like, it's in, the, it's in the fourth quarter. Like, can we sit here and then just leave right after? And, like, the, dude, the, the nurse was just like, okay, like, y'all can stay here, but y'all got to, like, really be quiet. Because if y'all allowed, some of the other nurses going to come through and then tell y'all to leave. So I watched game five in the hospital because my brother was in the PICU. And that's how I always remember the game because we were sitting there and we almost got kicked out. But then the nurse is like, oh, nah, like y'all can stay here and finish the game and then y'all got to leave. So that's my memory of the flu game. So that's why I will always know what I was doing and how I felt during that game. Now let's actually move on to some of the other themes that occurred. The Eastern Conference Finals in 1998 versus the Pacers. Yannick, do you remember that uh, series? I remember the series. I I remember the Reggie Miller game-winning shot. Mm -hmm. I remember that one. 
I believe I wanted both these teams to lose because back then I was like a big, I was both a Knicks and a Bullets fan when they <laughs> turned into the Wizards. <laughs> and so the Pacers had put out, you know, the Knicks, I my think. squad. So yeah. I was like, get them, I'm getting them both out of here. But yeah, that was definitely, I actually did think the Pacers. I, I saw a lot of people say the, the Pacers had no shot. There's a part of me that was like, you know what? I actually think the Pacers have a shot just because they beat the Knicks. So I wanted them to go ahead and win it. Jordan had won too much. So I remember Reggie Miller hitting the shot. And that's when I was like, oh, they have a shot. And I do remember the game seven thinking, no way <laughs> the Bulls are going to win. But what, in terms of like details, I don't really remember like intricate details from each game. What about you, uh, Matthew? Do you remember that series growing up? Uh, a little bit. What is uh? I met Dell Davis a whole bunch of times. Oh, whoa! <laughs> you just you the just Dave, dro- one of the Davis brothers. You just dropped that nugget just real real casual. No, he is friends with my like family. Okay, like, my, it's a long, it's weird. But we had like my dad used to eat like chicken with him. <laughs> just wait, real wait, casual. What? Oh, I used to eat no, chicken wings with uh, Dale Davis. <laughs> that's literally what would happen. Your, your dad has. Look, we have to finally get your dad on here. He, he, won't, he, he won't, won't do it. Yeah, he, he he's been hinting that he's gonna come on, and then be like, I don't know. But we, your dad has a lot of gems of like just athletes that he's met, yeah. and he already knows. I like completely forgot. Like I was when they were talking about Antonio uh, Antonio Davis, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Yeah. So um, I remember the series. So I remember obviously. So let me let me go back, rewind real quick. I was a Bullets fan, Bullets, and I've always been a Bullets Wizards fan. But I loved Michael Jordan too, so it was always like, "Man, my team sucks. At least I could watch Michael Jordan in the playoffs." Um, (laughs) So like, obviously, I'm still cheering for for uh michael jordan so i guess you could say i was a bulls fan too but you know i was also 10 years old at this time um but i'm a, I'm a bullet slash Wizards fan anyway though i remember obviously the bulls win game one and two and it they they won like convincingly game three i remember they lost but it was more like the bulls play like garbage and the Pacers played the games of their life and Bulls lost by I think one or two points. <laughs> Whatever. It was that game four. I remember it was a s- Monday, but I think it was um it was Memorial Day. Am I correct, Yannick? Yeah. Yes, it was a Memorial Day. So it was a Monday. And um, you know, we're at the cookout, we're watching the game, and Jordan hit some clutch buckets, boom, boom, boom. Pacers now have the ball after a timeout. What's his name? Reggie Miller pushes off on Jordan, and he gets he gets the open look, splashes it, boom. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Jordan still has a shot. That double pump that Jordan almost hit, I was just like, wow. But he misses it, and now at that point, I'm like. Oh, we got a series now. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be a sweep in my opinion. Then I was like, okay, it's gonna be three one going back to Chicago. But now it's two two. Now it's a series. And then obviously we get to game seven, and it was about five, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. 
And at that point, I'm thinking the Bulls are going to lose. Like they're going to lose. They end up Steve Kerr ends up hitting a clutch bucket. Tony Kukoc hits some clutch buckets. And then later, of course, Jordan comes and closes out. And then they, with the defensive help of Pippen and Rodman, they were able to get out of that series. Uh, game seven, and they move on to face the, the the Jazz again. This time the Jazz have home court advantage. Jazz win, what was it, the first? I'm trying to remember how to say it. They win game one. Bulls win game two. Bulls win game three and four. But then game five, where they're thinking, oh, we're about to have a gentleman sweep here. You know, the city, the city of Chicago celebrating. Even they showed in the documentary, like, Michael's kind of, like, looking ahead. Like, the great Michael Jordan is looking ahead. And he said, he's looking ahead, but he's also, in a way, cautious. He's like, yo, if I have to see you another day, and he's talking to Scott Burrell. He's like, if I got to see you one more day, I'm going to beat you because that means we lose. And uh, Scott is sitting there like cheesing and all the other guys are just like, yeah, we're going to win this here on our home court. And they came out flat. And Michael Jordan had a crucial turnover, didn't he, Matthew? I think so. Yeah, Yeah, he had a crucial turnover. Um, There were some missed free throws near the end and the Jazz ended up winning. And now you're talking about we got to go back to Utah. And I've said this numerous times on this podcast. The 93 finals and the 98 finals are very similar. Bulls didn't have the home court advantage. Bulls had the chance to end it in the fifth game, though. And came up short at home and had to go back on the road to face this team. And when you go back on the road for the last in in that situation when it was a 2-3-2 format, anything's possible at that point. And so everyone's thinking, is this going to go seven games? And then we get to game six, Scottie Pippen, you know, his back is acting up. He has, he's having back spasms because of the back injury that he had earlier in the season. Um, <laughs> Pippen gets all the smoke, man. He gets all of it. Uh, yeah, all of it. Do you think I, it's fair? I, it's... Do you think it's totally fair that he gets all the no, smoke? No, I keep telling people because so people have been saying, I don't know if people have been paying attention. So Scotty, I guess, is apparently upset by his portrayal in the doc. He is. And a couple of my buddies are like, oh, Scotty's being soft again, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, yo, they spend so much time on him with the migraine game, being soft against Detroit, then also him sitting out for the last shot in the 94 playoffs. And then you have the with his back injury and him looking like he's not going i'm like yo if i'm somebody that didn't know the story i would think yo who is this guy why is my parents say yo this is the greatest robin of all time this guy's a punk (laughs) that's how that's what if i didn't know the story and that's why i said hey how come you don't dwell on you know him checking magic and that's how they won their first Mm -hmm. their first final the same (laughs) amount of time production company I mean, yeah, exactly. And so that's the part where I'm like, how are you not seeing? It's not even bounds. Like we said earlier, he said the mailman don't deliver on Sundays. That's one of the great lines in sports history if, in terms of trash talk. And that don't make the, the last dance doc. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. So if I'm Scotty, I would be pissed. And I mean, I think a lot of what he does is not very like 
it's not like filmmaking. It's not like a last shot or like he's doing. The, it's it's not um, something you put on video. It's like the little thing. So that's why it's really hard to really show his impact. But he could have gotten a little bit more love. They didn't have to show him the way they he's did. Not dramatic. He's not dramatic. He just got it done all the time. Yeah, and he's and he's a soft spoken guy too, which doesn't help his case. So I'll say this. Obviously, we know about the migraine game. That happened. And we spoke about it when it came up in the documentary. Playing basketball with a migraine is not fun. I've tried doing it. Anything, doing anything in the migraine. I've tried it and I vomited in a trash can and then fell asleep in the car just so I could get, like, I had to go to sleep just to go home. That's not good. We know the back spasms and he had a real back injury. The thing is, we know <laughs> he had a back injury. It's not like he got back spasms all of a sudden. Mm. Something Look, happened. You could see when it happened. Exactly. And then he goes <laughs> for the dunk. Evidence. Yeah, he goes for the dunk and he comes down and he's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, oh, I aggravated it. I now. have to go sit down now. Yeah. Um the current current athletes, and this is not just basketball, and I'm not trying to even throw shade at this person, but uh definitely about to th- look, hold on. That's yeah, what everybody what you, says. No, I'm not, say, I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm not trying to throw shade. <laughs> However, I'm not Here trying to throw comes. shade because it actually was ultimately a smart move. But look at Max Scherzer with the Nats. That game five, he couldn't do it. He just was like, no, I can't. Like, I can't do it. But because he rested, he actually was ready for game seven. Because he could have just been like, no, this is game five. We need a win. And then play horribly and then can't be ready for game seven. In this situation, Pippen could have been like, we're up 3-2. Uh, let me rest my back. We'll play game seven. We're the Bulls. We'll be all right. But the fact that he said, no, I'm going to play, you still got to give him credit. You got to give him credit for going out there and playing. So people should never have had credit taken away from him, though. Yeah, that's like, that's it's ridiculous. Yeah, that, and that's the problem. I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to sound like the old man get off my lawn because I'm only 32 years old. Like you we're gotta, about the same practice. age. You gotta practice. <laughs> we're the same age. I'm not trying to be that guy that everything Jordan did was positive or everything around that era <laughs> in the NBA or in sports was positive and the current current era is not doing things right. But nah, man. A lot of people who are having problems with Scotty right now are people who never actually saw him play a live game. People who have never, like, they've only seen highlights. They haven't even seen full game footage of Scotty. So, Trailblazer Scotty. Or they only saw the Trailblazer Scotty. Exactly. You know, so I I don't want to argue with these little kids. Like, side note, somebody. About to tell people to get off the lawn. I am about to tell people to get off the yeah, lawn. Yeah, <laughs> Yannick, we have kids now, so I guess we're getting to that point where it's like, yeah, we got to start telling people to get off our lawn. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like a side note. I had this one person, you know, these memes that floating in uh, on social media right now. And one of them had the pyramid and it, it had the tiers and it had Jordan and LeBron on tier one. And then it had like it was only two people. Yeah, LeBron and Jordan Whoa. tier one. It had Kobe, Shaq, and like 
magic or something on tier two, something like okay. that. Right. It yeah, had I cream, have to. <laughs> right. had cream you know on tier three. It had Bill Russell, I think, on tier three. Were they building it differently? Is this a different? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the upside down. I don't know which side is the sword? <laughs> this is the uh, this is the underground part. You know, <laughs> and then here. it had other guys. It had Allen Iverson in on tier five. The However, iceberg. the t- they didn't even have Elgin Baylor on it. They didn't have Charles Barkley on it. They didn't have like I don't even think I don't even know if Carl. They didn't have Moses Malone or any of these guys on it. And I made the comment. I was like, "Yo, you got all these people here." And then I mentioned, "Oh, you don't even have Elgin Baylor." So then this one dude says, "Oh, Elgin Baylor wasn't that good." So I, so I kind of like, "What do you mean he wasn't that good?" He says, "Oh, he lost every time in the finals." I'm just like, "Okay." I was like, what's that supposed to mean? It was like, well, he's a loser. I was like, okay. I was like, oh, but boy. you think Allen Iverson is good? And he said, yes. We, look, we can't have too much Allen Iverson negativity on the show. I'm not going to be negative with Allen Iverson, but I'm just saying. He's come get you. Allen Iverson went to the finals one time. And he dragged. lost that one time. <laughs> I understand he dragged the team, but he lost that one time. Didn't win again. Oh, for sure. Didn't get there again. I mean, okay. Tyrone okay. Lou, dog. What you going to do to that? <laughs> Okay, Elgin Baylor got there multiple times and lost. You also got to know the context. They were going up against the stacked Boston Celtics in a league oh. that had 12 teams at that time. And 11 all-stars on the same team. <laughs> so, and not only that, they lost. Hall of Famers. <laughs> Hall of Famers also. True, but true, anyway, true. My bad. But Elgin Baylor has some of the best stats in an era where he actually was serving active duty in the military. <laughs> like, he was in the military during the week and played basketball on the weekend and dominated the league. Where do you see Ridiculous. that? Like, where do you see that? Anyways, so the dude is like, oh, he's a loser. He's not that good. So then I just happened to look at his Facebook page and I was just like, yo, this kid is like 18 years old. So then I responded. I said, yo, I'm not arguing with anyone about sports I like it. that hasn't grown up in an era without the internet. So I was just like, yo, if you if you grew up in an era where you always had the internet, I'm not arguing with you anymore. We can have our disagreements, but I'm not gonna argue. I'm just gonna say what I say, you say what you say, and we keep moving. That's get that's, off my yard. <laughs> exactly. Dog, that look, Jeremy ready. He's warming up, dog. So um now we went on a tangent, but that game that game six in the ninety eight finals. Jordan has a very good game, especially in the fourth quarter. Ends up scoring almost every bucket late in the game. They're down by three points late in the game with less than a minute. He hits the driving layup. Boom. Lays it up. Carmelone gets the ball, but because Carmelone is fighting with uh, Dennis Rodman all through the series, and I thought they were going to dive into the whole, remember that game where Dennis and Karma were tripping over each other, and then they gave a technical to Dennis Rodman. I think it was this game. It was this game. Yeah, they're going back and forth. Well, he was worried about that. And Jordan came, snuck behind, plucked it, got the ball, walked the ball down court. He's going one on one against Russell. We know the crossover. We know the jumper. And I remember tweet. I tweeted this the other night because they showed it on the documentary. All the faces of all the people in the Utah crowd, and we know the demographics of Utah. All white people in Utah. And I tweeted this the other night. I said, seeing all those white people upset 
is one of the happiest moments of my life. That's too funny. <laughs> because for That's once, they can, <laughs> for once, we can see their screwed up faces. Oh my goodness, yo! But um, Jordan hits that bucket. We know what happened. We know the crossover. Some people say it's a cr- push off. Some people say Jordan said it was a guide. I think it's both. <laughs> he pushed off. And at the same time, Byron Russell was fun, like tripping already. Like he's he's beat. He wasn't even in front of Michael Jordan. He turned his body to run lateral or parallel with Michael Jordan. So yeah, Michael Jordan, you know, pushed him. Some people will say guide. Jordan will say guide. He's off balance already. Also, this is the reason why I don't put too much stock into that move. Because after it happened, Russell didn't have a problem with it. Like, he didn't go to the referees and say, did you see that? He wasn't yelling at the referees, like, why didn't you call a foul? So, because of that, I don't think it was that major. The shot is major. The Bulls end up winning their sixth championship in eight years, second. Three-peat. Then, obviously, they talk about the parade. And then we talk, then Jordan, or sorry, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, says oh yeah i approached jordan i approached i approached jordan and um and phil and and the owner says hey let's actually talk about an extension for phil and let's talk about at least a contract for the rest of the guys and he says you know but jordan turned it down now jordan said his piece he said look man you told us at the beginning of the year phil's not coming back Phil knows he's not coming back. Everyone knows this. Everyone's trying to move. Scotty's trying to get his new deal. All these other guys are trying to, you know, get their money. Uh, Jerry Krause is still trying to blow it up <laughs> because he's like, yeah, these guys are older and I'm trying to I'm trying to get the future in here. Let's now just talk about the hypothetical situation. Let's say the Bulls come back again. First of all, I'm going to start with you, Matthew. Do you think Jordan can even convince Scotty to come back for one more year with the Bulls? Uh, definitely. Do you think he's the only one that can convince Scotty Pippen? Oh, that's it. Okay. That's it. So when Jordan says it would have been some work, but I think I could have got Pippen on board, you're taking that as, okay, that could have happened. Right, Matthew? I think he could have. Okay. Yeah. Yannick. Uh, everybody else. Yannick, do you think Scotty Pippen would have came back. I think he would have came back too. Um, I think they would have had to give him a little bit more money than they were giving him. But yeah, I think he comes back. I think Jordan would have been the only one to get Scotty to come back. And the only way I think Scotty comes back, if it's a one year at this time, late nineties, a one year, like $18 million dollars. Like, that's what he's going to have to get. Or even you might have to, Pippen might say, oh, y'all paid Jordan 30 mil last year. Can I get 25? And it might have had to have been that. Anywhere from 18 to 25 for one year. That's the only way it would have worked. Because Pippen was already, he's already checked out from, obviously, we found out in part, in the first weekend, part two, his thoughts about his contract and his future with the Bulls. So I think that's the only way. Now, let's say, all right, we're both on board. We think Scotty could come back. Do you think the Bulls repeat and get and win their fourth championship? I, 
I don't think they win. I think they do make the finals. Okay. Matthew, what do you think? They might lose to the Pacers. I think they lose to the Pacers. But hold on. Okay, I think they lose to the Pacers, but we also got to look back at what actually happened that season. The Pacers lost to the lowly uh, New York Knicks. Eight seed Knicks. And maybe, maybe it's because they overlooked the eight seed Knicks. And maybe if it was the Bulls on the Eastern Conference Finals, they would have been motivated to get it done. But we don't know. And it ended up being Knicks and Spurs. And that Spurs team is good. Let's just say the Bulls go up against the Spurs out the West. Because they were the better team most of the year. What what, what do you think happens, uh, Matthew, in that series? Bulls-Spurs? Yes. Uh, Bulls model. I don't look. Probably the Bulls. It would have gone seven. What about you, Yannick? I mean, the Bulls couldn't really even handle like guys like Rick Smith and <laughs> Carmelo. So I think they're going to have trouble with the Twin Towers. I think the Spurs win in six. Yeah, I think the Spurs win possibly in five. Just because... The amount of guys, it's 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 David Robinson and young Tim Duncan and Sean Elliott and Avery Johnson, who's a very good point guard. Um, and then, he, you know, Antonio Daniels comes off the bench for a couple games. Um, who else came off that bench on that team? Um, I can't remember some of the other bench players on that Tony team. Parker wasn't there. Manu wasn't there, right? Yeah, they weren't there yet. But uh, Sean Elliott's there, who's a good player. Uh, okay. Was Bruce Bowen there? No, not yet. Michael Jordan is dropping 40 or no, all of those guys. <laughs> like, it's not, he was going to get what? They'd have had problems with Tim Duncan and uh, Robinson for sure, but uh, the Spurs would have had big problems with MJ. So this is another thing. I did mention Spurs could possibly win it in five. The alternate scenario is the Bulls actually win in five <laughs> because they, they might win the first game. couple games and then um and then uh you know the confidence of the because think about it, this is young Tim Duncan. His confidence might be shot at this point. Maybe. Remember, they went they went up against the eight seed Knicks, and it was no competition because this same Knicks team didn't have Patrick Ewing. Now, let's talk about that. What if the Knicks had Patrick Ewing, Marcus Camby to go up against Tim Duncan and 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 David Robinson? That would have been cool. That would have been real fun. The battle of the Twin Towers right there. But anyways, so I think it could have gone either way. I could if you if you run these scenarios through a, an algorithm through a computer. I think it comes back almost like a 50-50 split, a 40-49-51 split, or a 55-45 split in favor of one team over the other. Like That's how close it is. And then also, the season was a lock shortened, uh, uh, lockout shortened season, 50 games, which would have been perfect for the Bulls to get through to the next, uh, to get through the next season. They would have been fresh going into the playoffs. Compared to if it was 82 games and now you're talking about we're going through our fifth consecutive, you know, deep playoff run, you know, because you got to also take into account the 95 run that they had into the playoffs. So 
So yeah, now let's talk about the actual, uh, I guess, criticisms of the documentary. Matthew, I'm gonna start with you. What are some criticisms that you have of the documentary? Uh, it's nothing. Re- it's nothing really to criticize. It was like, I don't know. It was good. It was good. I just wanted more of the wild stuff, kind of. What about you, Yannick? Anything? Any of the criticisms uh, for the documentary? We 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 all gave them solid A's, but they're still criticisms. What, what do you think? Would you say, or what are some of the criticisms to you? I mean, maybe see a little bit more back and forth, like the, the, the Gary Payton when George said, you know, he wasn't no problem for me, and then. You know, he actually was. So I would like to see a little bit more of that. But yeah, I think it's just nitpick stuff. Um, Here's one of the criticisms I have. Just a little more highlight on Dennis Rodman during especially that 98 finals. And like we mentioned earlier, that whole thing with, with tripping up, tripping up Carl uh, Malone. And that was like the... They got entangled. They got entangled multiple times during that series. Um let's also talk about um also uh the situation with um i'm trying to think about it right now i'm trying to think about the situation right now that happened in the 98 finals uh man i can't i'm having a blank right now but um one of the other things i guess in the documentary like you mentioned matthew the relationship with uh or the rumors and maybe Michael Jordan isn't talking about it because of um, its rumors, but the whole situation with Madonna, maybe, 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 maybe I wanted to hear more about that. Uh, what are some other storylines that maybe you wanted to hear about? Uh, I did. I wanted to hear about the practices. They could have went a little bit, like I guess, more wild on like the Dream Team stuff. Or no, nah, what's the thing? His relationship with like Larry and Magic, I guess that would have been cool. But it's everything was in there. Oh man! So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's there's there's a few things, but like I said, it's a it's an A. Um, to all the people who are out there listening and. There's uh, who are watching, and then they said uh, how how uh, you know they wanted more, I guess, background, more of Michael Jordan's family involved. Uh, my look, it wasn't about Michael Jordan specifically. Yes, a lot of the themes were about Michael Jordan, and there's backstory, and they correlate to the 1998 season. But I don't need to know much about Michael Jordan's sons and daughters and his wife. I don't need to know about his life at home because this was a documentary about the last season for the Chicago Bulls. It wasn't a Michael Jordan documentary. So, yeah, that's uh, that's why that's why that's what I got to say to those who say that, oh, there wasn't they wanted more information about Michael Jordan's private life. This was about. The bull season. If you wanted more information about Michael Jordan's private life, then um, then yeah, you should have uh, watched another documentary. Um, before we go, um, 
and get on to our next segment. We want to thank Yannick for coming on this week's podcast. Um, Yannick, uh, let people know where they can uh, follow you. Um, Twitter and IG, Yannick Fury. All right, Yannick Fury on Twitter and IG. Thank you, Yannick, for coming on and chiming in for this week's episode. We will definitely have you on in future episodes. My man, appreciate the love. All right, no problem. Let's now get into the NFL. Um, Over the weekend, four NFL players arrested. Uh, (laughs) Nah. Not looking good for the NFL right now. The shield is being desecrated. Uh, Let's start with um, Cody Lattimore, wide receiver for the Washington Redskins. He actually just signed a one-year contract with the Redskins. He was at a poker game, and um, things got out of hand. He left the poker game, went and got a firearm, came back, shot off some rounds, uh, gotten into an altercation with someone else. Police were showed up. They arrested him. He was booked. He was released on bail. Now, some more information has come out on that situation. Cody Lattimore was at the uh, poker party. They're playing. And Cody Lattimore saw a gentleman who is alleged to um, sexually assault Cody Lattimore's four-year-old son. Um, they had some words, an altercation. Cody Lattimore then left, got said firearm, came back, and was arguing with the homeowner because the homeowner is friends with the with the gentleman that alleged to be the uh, abuser. And then he shot off some rounds toward the friend. That friend, this is where things get crazy. That friend was able to get Cody Lattimore down to the ground with a firearm in Lattimore's hand, was able to get him down to the ground, pin him to the ground. Uh, And then when he finally got up, uh, Cody Lattimore pistol whipped his friend. And that friend still was able to get Cody Lattimore down to the ground. Now, Matthew, I'm going to ask you this question. Cody Lattimore is a wide receiver. If you had a wide receiver on your Minnesota Vikings, Matthew, that was able to get tackled by a civilian while that wide receiver had a firearm in his hand, what are your thoughts about that wide receiver on the playing field? I don't know. I mean, can I... You just don't want that to happen. You said he got tackled <laughs> by a civilian? He got tackled by a civilian while he had a firearm in his hand. So you, It you, doesn't bode well for <laughs> his chances on the field. <laughs> it does not bode well at all. Like You're supposed uh, to be a wide receiver that's supposed to be elusive to get <laughs> downfield after you catch the ball. And you got tackled by a civilian. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a maybe fire. it was a track star undercover track. It was, it was Usain Bolt had to be, <laughs> you know. So that's just wild to me that that happened. But I mean, we we gotta address the situation with the alleged sexual assault. I mean, if that happened, I mean, that is a reasonable reaction by a father or a parent that any oh, of their children go. were to be if that any that happened to any of their children. So that's reasonable obviously you still gotta you know pay to your fine or your uh you know yeah you gotta because you can't use a 
firearm to do these things <laughs> but, but uh you, you gotta you know you know pay your fine or or if there happens to be jail time you know spend your jail time for a little bit but hey i can definitely understand that ed oliver had a firearm uh while he was trying to get on a plane so you had that situation but the wild situation was um is it philip dunbar and um let me look up their names real quick uh two players one for the seattle seahawks and one for the uh sorry i said philip dunbar quentin dunbar who used to play for the washington redskins and deandre baker of the new york giants uh they were arrested for armed robbery (laughs) in florida uh there was a party that they went to and the reports say they are alleged to go through the home take jewelry and money and then point firearms out at the other people in the house where the party was and basically said ain't nothing y'all gonna do anything and they rolled out now there's another there's another side to the story that's saying look man none of that happened and we're just being framed because we are nfl players and they're trying to pin this on us so it's now in a wait and see situation when more information comes out we will talk about that uh let's now get on to our minnesota vikings update there ain't nothing to update about the minnesota vikings no, right no, now nothing ain't, happened. ain't nothing happening nothing, happened. nothing is happening but there is an update for america's team they are the dallas cowboys america's team yes i said it america's team uh alden smith reinstated so that's some good news that he got reinstated uh another pass or edge rusher uh able to play on this team um so uh that's good for the dallas cowboys now there is some breaking news about the dallas cowboys oh no well let's hear it the dallas cowboys apparently or reportedly Offering Dak Prescott or offered Dak Prescott a five-year, $175 million contract, and Dak has turned it down. Now, uh, there's some reports out there that are saying that Dak Prescott wants in his final year of his deal close to $45 million and that they need to work on that before he can think about Signing a long-term contract. Last week, we spoke about how Dak Prescott mentioned that uh, he wants a four-year deal and not a five-year deal. So there's an issue with the amount of years and there's an issue about the amount of money in the final year. Uh, So we have to wait and see how that plays out. If any other breaking news comes out, uh, we can uh, talk about that. A little later in this episode. But that will wrap it up for our NFL segment. Let's now get into our quick hitters. Uh, Last week, Blake Snell, star pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. He said on a Twitch broadcast that, uh, look, man, I'm not playing this season if I'm not getting all of my money. He said because Blake Snell, pitcher, he said, I'm not playing unless I get all of my money because look at all the risks that I'm having that are out there. I could 
test positive for COVID-19 because of exposure. And then also, I'm already taking concessions. They're already going to prorate the player's salaries. And then um, the player, uh, the owners still then want to split revenue up, uh, which will then reduce the salaries even more for the player. So Blake Snell said, look, I'm not taking these pay cuts and playing at the same time. He's like, it's not worth it. He's like, I'm going to be playing in a city that i'm not familiar with i'm also going to be away from my family he's like all these like things that are coming up and the owners aren't taking really any real concessions how come the players are taking concessions do you think blake snell's comments are outrageous uh no not really i i think he's you know a lot of people are still kind of afraid, so you know. And like, what? Uh, when are they supposed to start? That is not sure. Not not sure yeah. at all. When they don't um, even have a start date. Yeah, um, not even sure. But uh, look, Blake Snell brings up a great point. Like, if you gotta, Blake Snell pretty much said we want. Um, uh, what do they call it? Um, what do they call it when? Um, Hazard pay. Hazard pay. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Hazard pay. He's like, look, y'all, y'all want us to play in this scenario and then still pay us less? Like, come on. So it seems like he's willing to sit out the. And he said it. He said, "I'm gonna I'm sit out this season if this is the case." So I actually commend him because he's not saying I should get paid something and not play. He's saying I I would sit out. It's it's not even worth it for me to to play during these conditions and get paid he'll just sit out so i don't i don't blame him at all he said i don't want to get paid fully and to play or if i'm not i'm not playing at all so a lot of uh baseball fans and sports fans had an issue with them because obviously a lot of people are not working right now and i just find it really i, I tend to stick on the side with athletes because at the end of the day i mean in their profession athletes are kind of like us <laughs> where uh the people in power make all the money and the athletes even though they make a lot of money in the grand scheme of things they don't make a lot of money compared to what the owners are making so i'm kind of on on his side on this scenario um so we'll have to wait and see how all of that plays out if he ends up even playing this season Let's now get into our championship of the week. Every week we celebrate those that do well and we criticize those that do not. Starting with you, Matthew, who is your champ of the week? Oh, the NBA fans. Baby, want a champ. This, what is it? The uh, the NBA season about to start back up, hopefully, and then it might be realigned so they play in the summertime now so baseball doesn't get a monopoly or being <laughs> awful in the summertime by itself <laughs> uh, no that's that's definitely maybe a good thing all right my champ of the week goes to kevin durant baby wanna chill. i know you're shocked that i gave him champ of the week right man no because he's gonna come fight you when he hears this how why would he fight me for giving him the champ of the week Dog, because you badmouth him for four years. I mean, that's because he's rightfully badmouthed. All right. right. I mean, Even when you give him champ, champ of the week, you still badmouth him. <laughs> champ of the week goes to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's documentary, In the Water, documentary about basketball within Prince George's County, Maryland, um, showcase a, 
old talent, uh, older guys, the current talent, uh, and and how basketball is impactful in, uh, in this area. I have not watched it yet, so that's why we not we're not talking about it today. But we will get into it after we watch it. Uh, and then I guess a secondary champ of the week, uh, honorary champ of the week, has to go to uh, Issa Rae. Baby, wanna chill? Because in this week's episode of Insecure, uh, there were three women who were portrayed. They were women who were from Prince George's County. And so she gave a little shout out there. Um, Issa Rae did live in Prince George's County for a little bit uh, when she was growing up. So um, she, of course, has ties here. So shout out to Issa Rae also. Uh, Matthew, who's your chump of the week? Oh, the Cowboys. Man, are they about to pay Dak so much money? It's going to be crazy. I mean, they need to pay him. They're going to pay him, but the, it's it's going to be a staggering amount. And I'm glad that Dak is about to get the staggering amount. But uh, Carson Wentz, well, who's who's up next? <laughs> That's look. Patrick they Mahomes. They're going to get the next. You said who? Oh, Patrick never Mahomes. Mind. Never mind. That's pretty much in like Deshaun Watson. That's pretty much okay, who's look, coming it's up. Lit. It's lit. It's lit. Yeah, that's that's pretty much who's coming out. <laughs> why, like, why couldn't Kirk? What look? Why did it have to be Kirk Cousins? <laughs> it's terrible. Oh man, my chump of the week goes to Carl Malone. Cause you're a chump. Okay. And, like her, and look, this isn't new, but social media hates Carl Malone just because Carl Malone off the court is just a nasty person. We know about Very his. We know about his. Um, basically his uh, statutory rape, where he. he had a child with an underage woman um that we know about how he treats his children uh, where he was not talking to them until they became grown adults one of them even i think got to the nfl before he finally was like acknowledged and actually wanted to have some sort of relationship with him we also know about the uh, young lady that made the WNBA several uh it was a cheryl ford that's do you remember her yeah, it was a couple years ago. Or yeah. not a couple years ago, but... Uh, yeah, like 10-plus years yeah. ago, she made the WNBA. She was pretty good in the WNBA also. Solid WNBA player. Uh, didn't really have a relationship with her until it became convenient for him to do it when she got to the WNBA. And then they started doing some ads and stuff and wasn't in his life. So, of course, social media took aim at him. So, of course, I was like, let me take aim at him. Carmelone, you're the chump of the week. Because you're a chump. I like it. Yep, yep. Let's now get into our sports-free zone where we talk about everything outside of sports. Um, Brianna Taylor, another young black woman, was killed by the police. Unarmed black woman was killed by the, the police when the home or apartment or wherever she was, um, her residence was raided by a SWAT team that was trying to apprehend somebody who was allegedly in the home they came in um brianna taylor's boyfriend they were now mind you let me let me reiterate this or not reiterate let me state this the swat team was in street clothes they were not in swat gear so they were in street clothes plain clothes these plain clothes men come into the unit or into the residence uh, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend thinks he's being robbed, so he pulls out his firearm. I'm not sure if it's legal or not, but he brought out his firearm, started firing. There was a firefight. Brianna Taylor was shot and killed. Brianna Taylor was an EMT. Um, 
she also was uh she also was working during with everything with COVID-19 first responder everything going well in life you know upstanding you know usually in these situations when unarmed black people are killed they're quick to bring up all the bad things that have happened in their lives all the transgressions well so far i mean it seems like she's a stand-up individual just like most other people who get involved with the police in these situations at the end of the day um and she was gunned down killed um so we had a mod arbery that happened in february but the video came out just a couple weeks ago we now have brianna taylor that with her situation that came out the her boyfriend was initially uh arrested but now he's been released and now he's not a suspect because they realized he's not gonna face any charges i mean in this situation because they realized he was trying to defend himself like every other american has under the second amendment so so that happened i mean matthew like we we even had Rand paul you know Rand paul uh i think i heard the name before we even had Rand paul that said look uh we got to reevaluate how we do these uh swat and like these uh servant warrants like we can't we gotta he even said look we got to evaluate this he's like we need to actually do like because this was a no-knock situation where they just barged in it was a couple years ago on twitch somebody got uh it it was called swatted yep and like yeah they got like murdered on twitch live stream Mm -hmm. i think yeah i remember for those that don't know when it's me to be swatted means uh someone calls the police or the fbi and they say this person in this residence is doing this right now people are in danger go get them so they said something like oh there's a bomb in crazy yeah it was something like that terrorist or something or something like that and they said and they're in this residence here's the address go get them they barged in person was scared they moved they gunned them down boom and then he realized this person had nothing. And so people have been doing that like for a while. So even Rand Paul said, we got to, we got to, we got to fix this. Like <laughs> we can't be doing no knock swats and no knock raids uh, because obviously this is what can happen. So rest in peace to Brianna Taylor, thoughts and prayers to her family and friends. And we hope that justice is served in this situation um let's now get into our flip of the week matthew i gotta come up with a jingle for this but uh yep. what's what's the flip of the week oh ben and jerry sbs it's it's gonna be a little bit hard to get but they're gonna go crazy it's a lot of skate shops and the uh, sneakers out I, I think it's on the 23rd now because they're ben and jerry's are they kind of colorful yeah and okay. the swoosh is dripping like ice cream. Oh, okay. That's catchy. That is catchy. So that's your flip of the... Uh, well, we're not finished, but uh, what is retail price right now? Uh, ninety nine ninety nine. Oh, so $100. Not bad. Not bad for a sneaker. Uh, what is the projected re, uh, resale price? Uh, I think like six or 700 Wow. <laughs> so people, if you can get your hands on these, please do it. Please do it. Matthew, when do they come out? Uh, the 23rd and the 26th, I believe, in-store and, like, online. All right, so make sure you check out for the Ben & Jerry's SBs. 
Uh, they are the SB dunks, right? Yep. Lows. Oh, Ben and Jerry's SB dunk lows. Make sure you check for that. Resale value is whew, phenomenal. Dude, astronomical. Um, Let's now get into the about time you watch that movie review where Jeremy John, and which is me, watches a classic movie for the very first time, gives a review, and then gives his rating. Uh, this week, we watched, or I watched, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park for Let's the get very first time. Uh, Jurassic Park came out in 1993. Directed by Steven Spielberg, um, Jurassic Park is about a theme park where a a a, um, a mogul a, he wants to build a theme park that houses actual dinosaurs uh, that he was able to get by getting mosquitoes that bit dinosaurs, you know, way back in the day. And then were fossilized through amber. And they found these mosquitoes in the Dominican Republic. Was able to uh, get their uh, basically DNA and blood. Was able to then create in a laboratory dinosaurs. And then were populating them on this island off of, off of Costa Rica. The mogul was able to go to these paleontologists. And uh, an archaeologist and, and say, hey, the two in the game. I honestly don't even remember the name. You remember their names, Matthew? Definitely not. <laughs> I don't remember their name. It was a man and woman. <laughs> That's the extent. And I'm not about to go back and figure out who it is. Uh, they go to them. Uh, the mogul says, look, I need you to come to my theme park because I need endorsements because there's been a couple accidents at my theme park i want to rewind to the very beginning a creature ends up eating one of the security guys so you know they need some endorsements to make sure it's a safe environment to have dinosaurs around people the 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 mogul goes to the paleontologist at the, one of their sites and says look i need you to come to my theme park and i'm gonna show you around and i need you to Give a great endorsements because great endorsements because you all are the top of you are the top experts in this. So they decide to go on a weekend trip to Costa Rica to go to Jurassic Park. They are wild. They see the <laughs> environment and then they finally see the dinosaurs up close and, per- and personal. What is the first dinosaurs? The um that super tall one. What's the, the I don't know. What, See, look, uh, the one with the long, super long neck. I ain't no dinosaur expert. I thought that's something you would have. Maybe I should look up. Hold on. My son has a dinosaur book literally right next to me. Let me open this up and see which one it is. Give me one second. Oh, you can probably hear the sound effect right now. I accidentally hit it. Um, uh, Let me open this book and see if there's any of them that are in there. Um, Nope, not that one. Not that one. Nope, none of them. I don't know. But anyways, um, they go there. They see the dinosaur. They're stunned. The mogul's grandkids come. And he said, okay, let's take a tour. I'm going to send you all on the tour. The tour is controlled by uh, automa- automated uh, Ford Explorers, which made me think about what's happening right now with Uber's trying to test out automated drivers. <laughs> so they were driving in. Now, here's one of the, su- the subplots. Uh... 
one of their workers portrayed by Newman from Seinfeld. Absolutely. He's having money problems. And we'll just call him Newman for ease. Newman is, uh, he just got a lot of money. I think it was close to like $500,000 to basically take the embryos from Jurassic Park and give them to a competitor so then they can do the same thing. They they gave him um, half of the money. They gave him a canister to put the embryos in to then bring it to the docks to ship it to them. And they needed, uh, they had 36 hours to do it. So he decides to, while the fam- or while the paleontologist, is paleontologist the right uh, phrase for this, Matthew? Sure, absolutely. Or archaeologist. Let, let me just say archaeologist. Both of be, them. Yeah, whatever. Uh, while they're on the tour with the grandkids and one of the lawyers and uh, Jeff Goldblum, who is an investor, like potential it. investor, Jeff Goldblum's in it. While they're on this tour, Newman decides he's going to shut the whole system down so he has enough time to get to the um, security area, the secured area where the embryo is so he could take them and then get them to the docks to then... To then get them to the bad to the to, to the competition, then gets to the point though. There's a bad storm coming off, tropical storm coming off the coast. The rest, most of the staff has to leave the island. Newman is scrambling. Crazy stoke, uh, uh, rainstorm coming. While that's happening, because he shut down the electrical fences and all the other secure secure areas, these dinosaurs are now roaming free. And there are reeking havoc. We have the famous scene where the the uh, the T Rex eats the lawyer that's in the in the in the bathroom stall. We have where he's chasing the the uh, the Ford Explorer. We have all of that. We have the um, the uh, archaeologist is stranded with the the two children, the grandchildren of the mogul. They have to fight for their life. They get to the next day. I'm just gonna fast forward to the end. They eventually are able to um, get out of danger from one of the raptors because the the T-Rex eats one of the raptors that was about to eat them. They're able to escape and they leave the island. Now, the island still has the T-Rex on it, (laughs) still has some of the other dinosaurs on it, and they leave, and that's how the movie ends. Obviously, there was a sequel. There's been several sequels. Um, so yeah, so I watched the movie for the very first time. I know some of you all going to say, yo, your summary's terrible, but we're just for the sake, for for the sake of time, I just don't want to go through the entire thing, but I watched the movie and we have six criteria for the rating. We have acting script, plot, music, cinematography, interest level. When it comes to the acting, I would have to give it a three. I'm mean, gonna have to give the the acting the three. It's it's basic. It's it's an action movie, but it's basic. Like it's it's okay. Nothing phenomenal. Obviously, Jeff Goldblum though, even though he's the supporting supporting ca- character, uh, he's actually pretty good. He's actually pretty good in it. Pretty re- re- memorable. Um, the script. Mm. I will give it a four because. Even though it was talking about a lot of uh, dinosaur stuff, it was well written, so you were able to understand everything that was happening. It didn't; none of it seemed over my head. 
uh, even when they're explaining everything. So it will be a four. Also, the dialogue was really good. Some there's some, there's some quotes in there, really good. The plot is a four, above average plot. Um, talks about basically how humans try to really destroy stuff. Always try to one up something to make something better, and in 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 the in the process ends up destroying it. Uh, the music slash soundtrack. I'm giving it a four. Also above average. Um, it was suspenseful. It was uh, fitting for every scene. Um, it was moving. So I give it a four. The cinematography, I'm giving it a five. Because for a movie that came out in 1993, it still looks great. And I know I watched it online. So I know there's been some slight remastering. But they don't remaster it that much where it's it's a whole new movie. Cinematography was great. I'm giving it a five. Uh, the interest level, though. This movie could have been wrapped up in an hour and... 25 minutes probably it is a two hour and 10 minute movie after a while i was kind of like all right let's just i'm trying to get to the end so i'm giving the interest level a three very average so the total score is 23 points 23 divided by six we get a 3.83 rating that is my rating for jurassic park matthew what are your thoughts about my rating uh it's okay it's decent jurassic park's better than that probably i haven't seen it in a super long time the first one is super lit though so you think it's i'm, I'm just glad you watched it <laughs> <laughs> what this is the best part of the show or until sports starts back up what so yeah i'm giving it a 3.83 that is was, that the lowest one? Now? No, it's no, the, the second the, lowest. The, the, it is the second lowest. Look, I'm hip. I'm about to start writing these numbers down. So at the moment, we still have at the bottom Inception with a 3.67. Then we have Jurassic Park at how many movies have I watched? That's six movies now. So at fifth, Jurassic Park. At four, we have Reservoir Dogs. At three. We have uh, what movies that that I have at three? Uh, no Country for Old Men. At two, I have uh, Shawshank Redemption. And at one, still Pulp Fiction. Out of those movies, so yeah, something that w- is gonna beat Pulp Fiction one day. Ah, uh, what did I? Uh, I just said. What did I say was Pulp Fiction? We're gonna we're gonna get into the what is it? Uh, the superhero movies one day. <sighs> you gotta watch Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think I any. No, you haven't seen it. So I don't think any superhero movie that I have not watched is going to get a higher rating than Pulp Fiction. I'm sorry. What? I don't oh, think. I don't think so. Wilding. I don't think you're so. Wilding. I watched Dark Knight, and, and then um, what was the other one with uh, Bane in it? I watched those. You saw Logan. No. You saw Guardians of the Galaxy? You saw Ragnarok? No, but I'm just saying, I don't think those would... I don't think... I don't know. Those those would do it. classic movies. Like I said, I'm going to start the superheroes, but like... Or at least a couple of them. I'm not watching all of them at all. I'm not watching all of them. No. Um, And and the thing with the superheroes, I got to watch like the first, first ones. I can't be watching like the second and the third. Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, is incredible. And do I need to know anything before... 
about the first guard. <sighs> That's the thing with the nah, Marvel stuff. You, you kind of okay not for that one. Okay, I just want to make sure that whatever action hero, whatever superhero movie I watch, it has to be something where it's the first. You can continue. And yeah, I didn't have, have to watch Iron Man. I saw the first one, part of the second. Okay. And that's the thing, like, so uh, that's that's the thing with superhero movies, especially. You gotta start watching the trilogies. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to start doing that. So yes, that's our rating for Jurassic Park, three point eight three out of five, and that will wrap it up for our about time. You watch that movie review. Let's now get into our Reddit topic of the week. Every week we go on Reddit, we find an interesting topic or article. Uh, and we bring it to you all to discuss uh, this week it's not actually off of reddit but it's reddit adjacent uh, it's uh, it's off of the uh, neighborhood yeah it is off of um, twitter actually uh, ESPN posted um, they tweeted a, f- a photo and they had the all time starting five for four teams that were all in the east I will tell you those teams Ooh. soon, but it made me think. And mind you, the the question wasn't. I don't even think. I can't remember what the tweet was alleging, but I think they just put the they just put it out there. But then I just thought about it and I threw it on Facebook for my Facebook friends. I tagged some people, and then we had a discussion yesterday. So, I, like I said, it's four teams, and it's their all time starting five. Um, here's the scenario. It's a four-team league consisting of the teams shown, which we'll explain. I'll tell you the lineup later, but I want you to listen to the the scenario first. Four-team league. It is a 15-game season, no postseason. So similar to like soccer leagues, like the English Premier League, where you just play the regular season, whoever has the most points or wins in soccer's points, but... In, in basketball, we'll keep just keep it at wins. Whoever has the most wins is the championship. Now, it's 15 games where each team plays the opposing three teams five times with one of the games being a neutral site game. So two at home, two on the road, one neutral site game. Um, we're playing with the early 2000s rules and officiating. Okay. That's important. Rules and officiating, early 2000s. Especially for one of these teams. And the reason why I say in my parameter for early 2000s is 2000 to 2010. Phil Jackson clone as the head coach for each team. (laughs) So everybody has the same coach. And there's no injuries or significant fatigue. What team will win the most games, thus being crowned the champion? Now let's go through the teams. The Indiana Pacers at point guard Freddie Lewis at shooting guard Reggie Miller, the small forward Roger Roger Brown, power forward George McGinnis, center Mel Daniels. For the New York Knicks, we have Walt Frazier at point guard, Earl Monroe at the two, Car- Carmelo Anthony at the three. Willis Reed as the power forward, Patrick Ewing as the center. The Miami Heat, we have Tim Hardaway as the point guard, Dwayne Wade as the shooting guard, LeBron James as the small forward, Alonzo Mourning as the power forward, and Shaquille O'Neal as the center. And the fourth team, Milwaukee Bucks, 
Oscar Robinson as the point guard, Sidney Moncrief as the shooting guard, Ray Allen as the small forward, Giannis mm-hmm. Antetokounmpo as the power forward, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the center. Um, I am going to go through some of the comments Oh, this before cool. I get to your, before I have you answer, Matthew, so I'm gonna get to some. Is anybody the- saying something crazy? I hope it. I hope so. Let's start off with my man Hans Martin Jr. Hans with the WAU oh, with me. Hans is a Boston fan. Hans is from Boston. Boston. Um, Hans is literally the only Boston fan, sports fan that I respect, because when <laughs> I met Hans, literally every team in Boston was trash, and he still. Was I like it. a Boston sports fan? I met him in 2005. He was rocking his Celtics jersey, proud. Obviously, let's you get know, those days back. Obviously, the uh, the um, Patriots they had won three Super Bowls, but you know, he was a Patriots fan, whatever. Red Sox had just came off their World Series, but, but the fact that he was rocking the Celtics jersey all the time. I'm like, all right, he's a Boston fan. I could deal with him, whatever. Uh, he yeah. says for me, it's either the Heat or the Bucks, and he's giving the edge to the Heat mainly because of the talent coached by Phil Jackson uh, would be utilized very well and a great front court. So he says the Heat are he's going with the Heat. Um, Bernard Samuel says he's going with the Heat for a uh, by a mile. He okay, said we probably wrong. now need to introduce other teams like the Warriors or the Bulls into this conversation. What? Um, Ernest Punjab, uh, Pun, sorry. Wow, they're going to be so upset when I when he hears this. Um, Ponraj, sorry, Ponraj. Uh, Ernest Ponraj said uh, Bucks close over the Heat, uh, and he said great shooting, uh, great shooter by Ray, uh, great shooting from Ray Allen gives them the edge, and then you have the freak athlete. Like Giannis, and you have the unguarded shot by Kareem, uh, defensive stopper. That's um, young Kareem too. He was a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Moncrief in the Lakers, Kareem. Yeah, he, he mentions Moncrief is the, the defensive stopper, and your best all around guy is is uh, the big O. I mean, he said free throws going to become a problem for Shaq and LeBron. So that's what he said. <laughs> Fourth quarter, what? <laughs> um, Danny Thompson said the Bucks. He said, and for similar reasons as Genius. Ernest. Um, same thing with my boy Marcus Guy Andre Hardy who went to WAU with us played basketball he also said the Bucks Andy Neeb said the Bucks uh, Jenna Murrow said it might be the Heat or the Bucks and it should be a very good matchup Anthony Hackett says it is the Miami Heat and he said it could just be the Miami Heat in 2012 would have just beaten any of these teams oh, okay. um, so, <laughs> wow. he had some suggestions and some of these suggestions we'll talk about later um, Donnie Bedden he said the Heat and he said it's not even close Kev, one of these Heat players like that will help win that championship is on the Bucks team <laughs> Kid. Like, what? <laughs> what are y'all point. talking about? <laughs> are y'all kidding me? <laughs> Kev said the heat by a landslide. Remember, not let's... My, no, that's not Kevin. There's no way. <laughs> I got it. We got look, we gotta wrap this one up. I gotta talk to Kev. Um it's um, no way. Mike Edwards said Bucks uh because they're the only well well rounded squad. Um and he gave somebody's his... got to hit jumpers on this heat team and <laughs> It's not too many jumps. Like, what? Come on, dog. 
So I, uh, uh, Harold Ray also Allen didn't even teach LeBron how to shoot threes in that picture yet. Um, <laughs> uh, Harold also said the Bucks, they said they, he said they're their most solid team. Um, he said the Heat are the most athletic team out there, but uh, he's still going with the Bucks. This is where the outlandish statements, and I'm saying outlandish just because it's funny. It really is. I'm ready for some outlandishness. It isn't even outlandish. You remember Keneal, uh, Matthew? He said who? Keneal. He used to come to the gym. I think so. Keneal, he's Jamaican, but a lot of people thought he's Haitian because he used to chill with the Haitians a lot. But he's Jamaican. Uh, kind of, kind of stocky. Yeah, yeah, cause shoot. Very strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he said heat unequivocally. He said, oh he said, well, here, here, here's the part. Oh That's funny. He said, but let let me be blasphemous for a moment and say Mello would not be on my New York Knicks squad. He said he would either go with Allen Houston or Latrell Sprewell. Anyone else? Or no, look, see, I don't like to say that just because, you know, but the trail would be a good fit. <laughs> so for the record, we, we have the lineups and I'm going to recap the lineups for you all. The Indiana Pacers have Freddie Lewis at point guard, Reggie Miller at shooting guard, Roger Brown at small forward, George Clearly McGinnis at, at power forward, uh, and Mel Daniels Zero at the goodness. center. Uh, we have for the Knicks, Walt Frazier at point guard, Earl Monroe, the Pearl, which you have met, Matthew. You forgot to drop that nugget. Look, you, no, look, you mentioned earlier that you know. met uh, Dale Davis, but I you didn't mention Black though. Jesus. Like, come on. Like, um, Earl Monroe uh, at number at the shooting guard position, Carmelo Anthony at the small forward, Willis Reed at the power forward, and Patrick Ewing. At the center position, the Miami Heat have Tim Hardaway at the point guard, Dwayne Wade at shooting guard, at small forward, LeBron James, at power forward, Alonzo Mourning, and at center, Shaquille O'Neal. Milwaukee Bucks, we have at point guard, Oscar Robertson, uh, Sidney Moncrief at the shooting guard, Ray Allen at the small forward Giannis Antetokounmpo at the power forward and center Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Matthew who are you going with in this uh, the, bu- the Bucks the Bucks like uh I hate to say that I hate to be the bearer of bad news but Giannis would embarrass Alonzo Morning. perfect like it would be bad Giannis like, would uh the creep Embarrass Alonzo Mourning. Yeah, Giannis would embarrass. And Tim Alonzo. Hardaway is not passing the ball to LeBron James because he's gonna have uh, seventy dribbles before he passes one. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just not gonna happen. And you mentioned off air a team for sure that has no shot. <laughs> Who was the team oh. that has no shot? Oh, the Pacers. They're half of their pictures are in black and white. <laughs> It's just no way. More than you half, sixty percent. That. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, no, and the other person, the uh, 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 Freddie Lewis, got a fro. <laughs> the no, other Freddie Lewis, he could be good. He could be very. It's a nice one. It could be very, very good. They don't even have Mark Jackson up there. Is Freddie Lewis better than Mark Jackson? I gotta look up Freddie Lewis. To be honest, Somebody I don't know, but but we know Mark Jackson got a lot of assists. <laughs> so, they don't got neither one of the Davis dudes up there. This is ridiculous. Yeah, George McGinnis is nice though. George is good. Uh, Mel that. Daniels is nice. I'm. I just thought Rick Smith would have probably been at the center for that team, but uh, hey. what? 
Um, no criticism. Before we, before we get the criticisms, I um. So Matthew, you say Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks in eighty two. <laughs> Every eighty two and oh. What? Phil Jackson the coach? I am uh also going to go with the Bucks. I mean, you have three Hall of Famers. Sorry, you have four Hall of you have three Hall of Famers, a future Hall of Famer, and one that's playing right now that will be all so all five of them about to be Hall of Famers. I understand every other team on here might have Hall of Famers also, but I mean, (laughs) the the level of Hall of Fame is also important. Like, yeah, the Knicks, they're not getting it done. They might look, I don't know. So hold on, hold on. When I initially looked at the photo, I kind of was like, oh, hell no, the Knicks not going to win. Their team but, is good. Like but, the Knicks Pacers games would be fun to watch. <laughs> but now that I'm looking at it, they might be the second best team. Okay, Jeremy, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> what do you mean? They <laughs> well, might be. The, I mean, it's, it's no way. The reason why they, I say that they're the second best team. They can shoot. They can shoot. Yeah. Walt Frazier is a lockdown. <laughs> point guard lockdown also none of those players are liabilities at the free throw line i feel like the with the biggest thing with miami is no one is going to be at a guard lebron for real for real but uh everyone else on that team Dwayne Wade a little bit uh shack is getting or uh, miami shack is getting like locked down by uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Patrick Ewing probably. <laughs> yeah. Like he's not getting buckets, and Alonzo Mourning is getting zero buckets. <laughs> Yo, you're disrespectful. After he got dunked on by Vince Carter, that was the end. <laughs> that was the end, dog. And he was like, I don't, I don't know how he. They could have put Udonis Haslam on there. So <laughs> okay, way let's, better. Let's now get to criticisms of this. And I'm gonna start with the Miami Heat team. That's a bad compiled starting lineup. That's what I'm saying. Was he even? Was he? W- w- when did he play power forward, dog? They could <laughs> never played power play forward. forward. Like, what? what? And not Who only made this at ESPN. Some kid, some some kid who's it's 21 that just got a job. That's the three, dog. Come on, stop playing with me. So that's that's my number one criticism for the Miami Heat. You have to. Choose Alonzo or Shaq. And if it's me, I'm choosing Alonzo because Alonzo is more of a heat than Shaq. Yes, Shaq was the starting center when they won that title, and Alonzo was at the twilight of his career, but Alonzo is known for two franchises. What'd you say, Matthew? I'm gonna game and block some shots, play some defense. Like Yeah, uh, yeah. uh, Alonzo is 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 a Miami Heat. Yes. Shaq won He's there, a fit. It's a good fit. but Shaq won his Shaq's real dominance, and th- this shows how great Shaq really was. Because for the Heat, he still was really good. Like he still he was, was really good. Points. But after that championship year, that's when it went downhill for Shaq. Alonzo's stint for the Heat was longer, and prime for the stint was longer. So I'm going with Alonzo Mourning over Shaq. I know that sounds blasphemous because like Shaq like is just it. a better player. But for the Heat, Look, I'm, Miami I'm, Shaq, that's when he started picking up his rap career. 
and it really took he like took a turn for the worse <laughs> you sound like a hater his rap career took off you know, boy his rap career rap- took off in Orlando <laughs> I guess. he got his big single after that championship <laughs> so um so that's my one big criticism, and since I'm going, since that's one of my criticisms, who am I putting there at the at the at the uh, power forward? That's where oh. Keneal has a. Um, I'm sorry, that's where Anthony has a point. I'm putting Chris Bosh. Oh, at the four. True. <laughs> I'm putting Chris no Bosh at the four. It's no injuries. What? Let's get it. And real talk, if you oh, don't, oh, never mind. That's good. If you don't want to, that team would be hard to beat. And that's where it gets real difficult because at least Chris Bosch could stretch the floor a little. And he's a great great defender. And now that's Chris Bosch going up against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Also, uh, Giannis is throwing him in the bucket too. I mean, Giannis is throwing everyone in the bucket. It's just how often is he going to throw you in the bucket? That's that's, that's, that's the thing. What's the thing? He would, I don't know. It would be a good matchup. So that's my criticism for the Miami Heat. The Knicks. Now, Keneal mentioned he would have had Latrell Sprewell or Allen Houston. <laughs> Mello constantly disrespected. <laughs> Mello is disrespected. And that's On the thing. Mello, New York, his stint in New York. What, what do you think Mello's really known for? His stint in Denver or the stint in New York? What do you mean? Like, it's known for his winning basketball games, or known for his being like on the team? <laughs> so you're, I, I assume you're going with uh, Denver. Denver. Yeah, that's the. I only think he's equal. I think it's almost equal. There's no way. I think it's almost equal. Because you also got to remember, you also got to remember, New York was partly not even his fault. Like that team was just like Phil was there, and then who whoever was there before was just. They had a good. They had a good team. Then they just let people go. You know, they had that run where they got to the Eastern Conference semis. They were all right. And let's put it like this: Carmelo. The, the the problems of the Knicks were never Carmelo's fault. And if it was something Carmelo did, it was some. It was like way Not down the deep. list. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, but if you were to if you were to change something about about the New York Knicks team, Matthew, what would it be? Uh, I'm trying to think who their best Nick player is. It's not on this list. I'm, look, they, it's not too much you can change, for real, for real. Like, uh, the Knicks legends are kind of set. You, uh, yeah, nah. Yeah, that, that team is Probably nice. Latrell, I guess. But who are you taking out for Latrell? I don't know. Mello, dog. I don't know. <laughs> Get him out of there. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, Allen Houston. Allen Houston instead of Mello, for sure. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, the Pacers. I, I, will, I will say this about the Pacers. Marks. Lots of question marks. I will say this about the Pacers. I do I know Mel Daniels as a front office guy. I don't know much of him as a basketball player. I know he was good. I've never looked up his stats, and maybe this is a great time while I have this up. Nope. Nope. This go. is never a good time to look at uh, Indiana Pacers highlights. I'm going to look up Mel. Di- 
There's no way. I'm gonna look up Mel Daniels stats. I'm gonna go on basketball reference. Rick Smith and Mark Jackson are supposed to be on that team. <sighs> okay, listen to this, Matthew. He played 636 games. points, 14.9 rebounds on 46% from the field. That's a career. Oh, oh, seven-time All-Star. And even though it was the ABA, three-time ABA champ. Okay. Yeah, I would have to say he's better than Rick Smith. (laughs) The, The problem comes, though. Against the other centers. He's 6'9", 220. Every, everyone else in those pictures. He's 6'9", 220. The rest of those guys are 7' tall and up. <laughs> That's my only problem. But So Mel Difficult Daniels could stay. Uh, I know George McGinnis is good, but let me just look up his stats. Real quick. George McGinnis. Um, my computer is cooperating today. So we're uh, George McGinnis. Okay. Oh, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 45% from the field, six-time All-Star, two-time ABA champ. He's a Hall of Famer also. I mean, I, uh, yo, that's, I knew he should have stayed. The, the, okay, let me look up Roger Brown. This is the one where I got this to figure fun. out, because I don't know who Roger Brown is. I have no idea who this guy is. Roger Brown, there's a couple Roger Browns, I assume. Let's show the one from the Indiana Pacers, yes. Uh, He's a Hall of Famer also, also four-time All-Star, three-time ABA champ, uh, 17 points, six rebounds, four assists, 46% from the field, 32% from three, back in an era where threes weren't that crazy. Hey, that's pretty good. This team ain't that bad. <laughs> like, I mean, they're not winning, but uh, what is it? The selections seem right because I was thinking, like, at the small forward, I was like, "Yo, can you put a Jalen Rose or can you put like, hey, but you can't put a Jalen Rose. Do you put a Ron Artest? Absolutely on this Pacers team. Jermaine O'Neal, Ron Artest, Stephen Jackson. Let's get it." Okay, so this this gets interesting. Jermaine O'Neal Pacers or just Jermaine O'Neal, period? This guy has to be the Pacers one, I guess. You think Jermaine O'Neal for the Pacers is better than Mel Daniels' entire stint with the Pacers? I don't know. So. He, uh, two of those years were lost to a fight, kind of. Shh. <laughs> so, if anything, Jermaine O'Neal might be center. Ron Artest is the small forward in our in our changes. Now I am gonna look up Freddie Lewis. That is the one person, the other person. I had no idea who he is or what he oh, he played, he was an MVP back in the ABA. Um three time ABA champ, three time all star, sixteen points, four assists. Three, 3.7 rebounds, 43% from the field, 28% from the three-point land, blah, blah, blah. I do want to look up Mark Jackson. Let me look up Mark Jackson. And I have to... Now, Mark Jackson did play with a lot of teams. So I got to look up Mark Jackson and look as look at his stats specifically with the Indiana Pacers. So let me go down here. 
with the Pacers. Alright, so those years, he played with the Pacers from 98, uh, sorry, 96 to not to 2000. So four-year window, and that's probably the problem. It's only four years that he played. And he's averaging... Yeah, uh, yeah, that Mark Jackson. Uh, yeah, that Mark Jackson. He, he still has the assist. They're pretty high. The, the assists are always high for Mark Jackson. So yeah, man, I think that team is right where they are, and those might be the best players, but they're not beating <laughs> those other teams. Um, and now let's get to the Bucks. Here's my only criticism: I'm moving Moncrief to the three and putting Ray Allen at the at the. Uh, at the two. That's all. And just have Moncrief checking LeBron. By the way, LeBron is still going to do damage. I'm not going to sit here and say Sidney Moncrief is going to lock him up. But Sidney Moncrief is going to do enough to allow the Bucks to win that series. Any before we roll out of here, any other criticisms or changes or adjustments? I do have one more, but... Anything before they could get Lance Stevenson on the uh, <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I think they good. Halfway, good. <laughs> now, here's one question we we said that all the four coaches are Phil Jackson clones. I really just chose Phil Jackson because obviously the last dance documentary is going on, everyone's talking about Phil Jackson. Also, Phil Jackson does have 11 rings, uh, tied with uh, Red Auerbach. We we, we spoke about that. Um, but let's say the coaches are Greg Popovich clones. Are you still going with the Bucks? Uh, 100%. If not, like, more, I guess. <laughs> I would prefer Greg Popovich, I guess, <laughs> as long as nobody crazy is on the Bucks. All right. So then I'm going to throw out another coach. Duke's Mike Shashetsky. Is your answer still the same? Uh, I'm trying to think. Mike Shashetsky. He's not. <laughs> he's not. Uh, yeah. Miami Mike could win. I guess. I don't know. But the Bucks would still. Bucks are going to be very difficult to beat unless it's like me coaching them or something. If Mike Shashetsky is coaching. Obviously, I'm still thinking the Bucks should be fine. They they should be the better team, but I think the Heat definitely get better because Shashevsky does really well with random groups of talent. Like, <laughs> I mean, we saw what he did with. T- I know it's Team USA. They go up against you know the international teams, but I think Coach K would have would have uh, done pretty decent. Um. Here's a coach that I'm going to throw out, though. One of your favorite coaches, Matthew. Randy Whitman. Perfect. Uh, They would be be like the underachievers until the playoffs start. (laughs) I know that's your favorite. One of your favorite Wizards coaches, Randy Whitman. (laughs) Yeah, we couldn't do anything in the regular season playoffs cave. It was greatest coach of all time. One more coach. Let's throw out a coach out here. Um, I feel like, let's say Pat Riley. Might help the Heat. That'll help the Heat. 
Yeah, I think probably. Yeah, I think it'll help the Heat. But if Pat Riley was the coach for all these teams, the Bucks will run even more than they can. Like all these guys can run. Like Pat Riley, we saw what he did with Magic and Kareem. You got Oscar and Kareem and Giannis and Ray Allen spotting up. Man, this should be really good. So yeah, that will wrap it up for our Reddit topic of the week if there's some interesting sports topic that you would like us to get into just hit us up on social media or text us we'll we'll check it out and we will discuss it here on the podcast let's now uh get out of here um any uh last minute news that broke since we recorded matthew uh, i don't think so all right. Um, want to give a shout out to Yannick Scarrett for coming on earlier in the Absolutely. episode to talk about the last dance. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, so shout out to you. Make sure you all follow Yannick Fury on Instagram and Twitter. Shout out to OSS 980, our other side of Sports 980 with Harold D. Jeff and Aaron shout out to hand down man down podcast that's with Danny Thompson uh shout out to soggy nachos shout out to uh half street high heat also give a shout out to um what you expect podcast finish line with the ph uh j bobby and rios shout out to locked on wizards uh also um shut your face with bernard samesh and nil shout out to the last nice guys urgency podcast just bear with us podcast we ain't got our shit together podcast (laughs) yes that's the name of the podcast we ain't got our shit together uh so shout out to them shout out to our businesses uh, Ming Reina, Doll Parts, Eat the City, DC, uh, Trezo Beach, The Sandbox. Uh, shout out to our faithful listeners who chime in all the time. Tony, LJ, Warren, Rike, uh, Clay, um, Jacaro, Erica, um, also Christina Laurel, uh, my brothers, your brother, uh, Mike and Miggy Edwards, uh, also uh, Justin Gilbert. Uh, we mentioned Danny. He listens all the time. And also shout out to all of those who actually chimed in uh, through the comment section on Facebook. Greatly appreciated. Great Created great dialogue. So um, just want to give a shout out and praise to you all. Anything else before we roll out of here, Matthew? Uh, I think that's it. All right, I want to thank you, Matthew. Oh, we have one big, huge shout out to wrap up the show. Shout out to Dr. Kayla Singleton. Absolutely. Absolutely. Giant Zoom shout out. Yep, yep, yep. Shout out to Kayla. She, uh, defended her. What was it? Was was it a dissertation or a thesis? Which one? I can't remember. Thesis. Thesis. Defended her thesis. Kayla Singleton is a neuroscientist. Oh man, so shout out to Kayla. Congratulations on completing all the hard work. The work should get easier now. Wouldn't you expect, Matthew? <laughs> I mean, it can't get harder <laughs> than doing it through a pandemic. The work Matthew. should get easier. So shout out to so. Dr. Kayla when all of this 
can get situated and we can all meet up because I haven't seen you, Matthew, in months. You know, I can't wait. How have you been? Do- how have you been doing it? I can't wait until I can play this drop. Can't even hear it. Oh, this is the you'll, reunited you'll, you'll, one. I you'll, already you'll know. hear it when, when we play it. So I can't I wait know. till I could play that. And that'll be playing in my head when I get to see you, Matthew, and oh NS, and specifically also to see Kayla. Uh, so congratulations to Kayla on this phenomenal achievement. Also, shout out to all the other graduates. My brother, Absolutely. he graduated, got his master's in social work. By the way, graduated with a 4.0. Perfect. That's something I look. That's something I can't do. For a gift, you should give him the draft order. (laughs) Say what? You should give him the draft order for a gift. Or is that for you? That's not for me. That's for everybody, dog. That's a communal gift. A communal gift. (laughs) Oh man. Thank you, uh, Matthew, for everything you do, man. And until next time, everyone, sports reality. Peace.